My mic sounds nice. Plus one. My mic. My mic. <laughs> My mic. That's how the podcast starts. Okay. Nate, happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to, to you, not me. You can have a happy Father's Day. Nope, I'm not a father. You can, you can still... Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday to you, too. What What's up with the world today? It's all on fire, and I'm no, like, hey. No, everything's great. Oh, sorry. Uh, all trying. the headlines today say we solved it. I Sorry, I was just trying to get to it. I released a single on Spotify. Hey, world's on fire. How about yours today? Mm. I wouldn't want a mm. pile of hay. Mm. Mm. Everybody mm. wants mm. to say <sighs> that's okay mm. in June. Mm. You're gay. Mm. Mm. <laughs> what? In June, everyone's gay. Yeah, this is a strange start to the podcast. Hello, everybody. My name is Nate Fleming. <laughs> I am the host of the Citadel Podcast. I'm a comedian with no ties to any business whatsoever, so I can say and do as I please. I am joined by my entrapped co-host, <laughs> Wait, hang on. Joshua Sitta. You're not leaving until we're done. <laughs> I don't know if you knew this, but the door is locked, and there's also several armed men outside. To make it seem as though you've escaped, but every time you think you've escaped, you've only entered into a new layer of my death game. It's yeah, it's the movie The Game with Michael Douglas. Right? Michael Douglas? Catherine Zeta Jones? I don't Michael Douglas. The game. I don't know of this movie. The game is a movie that is exactly what you described. Let's see. A rich guy he Rich plays Guy Poor Dad? Uh-huh. Rich guy poor dad. A guy buys a ticket to play this game oddly enough that's pretty accurate book title <laughs> rich guy poor dad <laughs> happy father's day <laughs> um you're right yeah it is oh i've seen this movie but i just never watched it because i don't understand puzzle piece brain i don't know what that means but i had a great time watching it when i was a child uh so zoom doesn't work but see puzzle piece brain oh yeah i don't know why that makes me want to not watch it yeah well that's going to play well on the podcast. Yeah, no. Uh, so puzzle puzzle piece brain. Imagine the top of your forehead being turned into puzzle pieces and floating away into a dark abyss. That's the poster to the game. Now it plays well in the podcast. Uh, here's what's going to happen. That old Citadel bump is going to go to the, the game. There's going to be this huge spike <laughs> in the amount of purchases for the, the for the game DVD. Because of the Citadel podcast. Mm-hmm. and Dude, our podcast number is actually wickedly strong. Right? Yeah. We started from nothing, and now we got some... Like, every time I look, I'm like, really? Yeah. People are listening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thank you to the listeners yeah. helping to share, because all we do is we, we drop segments on LinkedIn. We, You drop segments. All, all Josh does is all <laughs> of the promotion for the podcast, and all Nate does is... Nothing. He just and Nate does. Nate does nothing except show up. It's a podcast. real rags to riches story. We're still at the rags, though. <laughs> we're waiting on them riches. But we're aware of riches. Right now, we're at poor dad. Step- we're trying to get to rich guy. <laughs> Step one: send traffic kids to. to- hmm? What? Sorry. Sorry. I'm going. I'm still stuck with. Uh, this is rich guy poor trapped. dad. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you were saying rags to. Uh, nope. I want to move on. Okay. Hang on. I'm looking up an app right now. Green Room. This is, is the part of the show where every Sunday Nate goes and downloads an app. And uh, <laughs> that should be part of it. <laughs> should, that should absolutely be part of it. Is Nate downloads an app and lets you know what he thinks about it, but only speaking about the visual aspects of it <laughs> on the podcast. There was a period in our friendship where 
I don't think I could have a conversation with you without you furiously tapping a chicken that was laying an egg. Yeah. I had money to make. <laughs> okay. Things to do, places to be, people to see, money to make. Okay, so this is the app I was downloading. This is how we can do a live podcast. It's called Spotify Green Room. Okay. We hop into a room and we have control over who talks and who doesn't. Okay. So people like raise their hand to be able to speak and you can see little blurbs or whatever. And then we're just doing a live podcast from, and you can join in from anywhere in the world. We just pick a time and we do it. Continue with Spotify. Um, it's, it's, are you familiar with Clubhouse? You ever heard of Clubhouse? I've heard of Clubhouse, but I'm an Android guy. I also am an Android guy. Um, I've heard of Clubhouse as well, where people set up Clubhouse things. I don't know if that's even taken off or done anything crazy lately, but it's very similar in concept where essentially it's like a chat room, but with live talking. Yeah, a bunch of people talk. Yeah, so we could hop on and figure out whatever our podcast topic would be and have a bunch of people hop on to chat about it. If people want to chime in, we can let them chime in. I wonder if that should be uh, Patreon content. It probably should be Patreon content. I mean, we should probably... Uh, we should probably make a Patreon content. Oh, here's what we do. Look, I'm real good at business now, so I know how this works. What we do is we uh, we let the first one go out there for free, and it boy, it, it garners some interest. People are into it. How can I get more of this live cybersecurity podcast content? <laughs> Unfortunately, that's behind the paywall. Oh, bummer. You got to pay $700 just to get it. Yeah, but only $700... Per episode. Get following. I don't want to follow all these people. So this is how we get in is we just hope that Spotify wants us to be followed and every time someone starts an account. Yeah. Bert they, they do, follow us. You know who Bert Kreishner is? Yeah. He has a story about how for for some reason Twitter picked his account uh, to be like one of the ones that it recommends for following That's following cool. right from the beginning. Well he hated it. Because then he felt like he had pressure to like Create deliver good on, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, oh, that's that's an important one. So, Josh, I was googling. Yeah, as I do. Uh huh. Sometimes I like to Google myself. Yeah, you're uh, you're a big Google guy. I'm a big Google guy. Mm-hmm. Google Pixelbook Pro, right? Go. Sorry, not Pro. They don't have one of those. Google Phone. Mm-hmm. What Google, Google do. Google Home. Google Home. Google Maps. Google TV. Google Fi. Google. Google. Not even a real word, but mm-hmm. we we'll still go with it anyway. I came across, and now, granted, I can't understand this because they're all scholarly articles, cybersecurity and AI. And it made me think, well, that's never been a layer in any of the movies I've seen when it comes to AI. Okay. Like, that's never been a layer. It's always been AI gains control of computers, destroys world. Yeah. But there's no, like, I mean, Matrix, yeah, they're hacking, kind of, but they're hacking to get into the system. Right. But no one's like planting ransomware in a T one thousand. Oh wow! To take it down, that would be a way more boring movie. Maybe the Terminator just shows up and then doesn't move. Okay, so he's locked up with ransomware. But like that's never been. Wait, hang on. The ransomware bombs. Okay, this is an interesting train of thought, but I want to immediately interrupt it with my favorite Hollywood. Um, cybersecurity sequence. War games. No. Independence Day. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum yes. gets on an alien spaceship. Yes. Can fly it immediately. Uh-huh. They, yeah, they fly up there. They dock with the aliens. Mm-hmm. And he uploads his computer virus 
to the aliens system system yep which apparently runs on windows yep 95 uh, yeah and uh takes down the shields yep so that a nuke can can get in there yeah uh that's what i'm saying like there's no cybersecurity and ai it's just not something that i've ever thought about or taken time cuz then can ai then be created to to perform cybersecurity tasks yeah. Okay. So let's let's start at the beginning here, and let's just talk about what intelligence is. Okay. I thought we were going way back. Sorry, I was ready for Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> um, think about anything that you have become an expert in. You're an expert in improv. Improv. Uh, how did you become an expert in improv? Years of throwing money at people who were not that much better than me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, practicing it, doing yes. it. Yeah. You learn by doing it. Yeah. Uh, Ten thousand hours, you become an expert. Yeah. Um, as you as you become familiar with more situations in which you need to use improv mm-hmm. or you perform improv in more situations or more situations happen on the stage when you're doing improv, yeah, you become more knowledgeable about it. And then as you have, as you have become more practiced and you just become this, this big expert on it. Now, any situation can come your way. And if it's in the field of improv, you know what to do next. So you just explain how AI works. It's exactly how AI works. It's okay. the same as traditional learning for for humans. You yeah, you just teach a um, a computer. Here are this is the model that we use to make decisions. You can't predict every situation that's going to come up. Mm-hmm. So you say, all right, well, we know that um, in in this situation, uh, take take um, autonomous driving vehicles. Yeah. Uh, the rules of traffic are pretty well defined. If if you come to a red light, you have to stop. If you come to a green light, you, you have, have to, to keep go. going. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can just teach the car, red, stop, green, go, the more often that it sees red lights, the more often it sees green lights, the better it is to, a- uh, to, to be able to spot little deviations. Yeah. Let's say you get to a... Uh, a red light and the glass has fallen out so now it's just uh it's just a light at the very top of the stoplight it's not red it's not red yeah. but it's in the right spot so now you didn't tell the autonomous driving vehicle this means it's a red light this means the flow of traffic has to stop this means you have to stop but it's been it's been using that same model to make decisions for long enough that now it is associating the top position on the spot stoplight mm-hmm. with stop or like an even better example to use for this is um, how people use their faces to unlock their phones. Yeah. If you get gave a phone to a baby, that baby is going to be able to use its face to unlock the phone. And as it grows up and its face changes, it's going to keep putting its face in front of that camera over and over and over again. And it will, it will spot the changes in the baby's face and it will continue to update uh, its its understanding of what that face is supposed to look like. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. The one thing that I want to say about AI right at the top is that when we think about AI, we think we have basically created life, right? We've created a, a, a fake brain that has thoughts and feelings and emotions and can make decisions and has ambitions and that kind of stuff. That's not what we are talking about when we talk about artificial intelligence. We're talking about machine learning. Yeah. Um, we're talking about 
um, basically automating tasks. Yeah. We're not at emotional intelligence yet. Right. We'll probably get there if we don't destroy ourselves first. But with AI in general, it's just the ability to learn a task to do a task well. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to teach it the task. I just say, here are the parameters. It'll learn the task on its own. Yep. Um, so here are some ways that we have seen um, cybersecurity try to uh, try to keep things secure that AI has beaten uh, in a lot of cases. Um, do you do you remember like '90s forum internet culture, like AOL chat room stuff? Yeah, like yeah, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can get on. You can say whatever you want. Yeah. You could discuss your political opinions or your social views, or you could just get on and insult a bunch of people. Or what a lot of people realized is you can you can advertise some fly-by-night business over and over and over. You can flood chat, your chat rooms and... Night burgers. Night burgers? Fly-by-night business, night burgers. Right. Uh, your, your, I was going to say 24-hour, your night only, your dawn to dusk. Nope, your dusk to dawn, which dusk is the late one. Yeah. Your dust to dawn burger business, um, you could just say, uh, you could flood a forum that's supposed to be about how we feel about America. Um, you could flood that with your... How you feel about night burgers. Right. All of a sudden, it's hard for us to use our forum because there's so much night burger stuff, and we don't want to talk about night burgers. Well, we do want to talk about night burgers, but you're just upset that there's so much about night burgers. Right. Yes. That's what I meant to say. Yes. Um, the very simple thing that we turned on was proving that you're a human. Yeah. Okay. If you've got some bot out there, some program that is going to go and try to flood my forum with your Nightburgers coupons, all I need to do is make you type in the numbers and letters that you see in this little box. That has to match... And if it doesn't match, I know that you're a piece of software. Yes. The only problem is that by doing that, we've been teaching the computer yeah. how to do it. We sure did. So we moved to images. Uh-huh. Click all the ones that have a moving car in them. Uh-huh. And now the computer knows how to click all the ones with a moving car in them. There's some really interesting... Um, almost like a conspiracy theory about how when we jumped from the old CAPTCHAs, which was just typing in the numbers, uh, to the new CAPTCHAs, which is like, it always seemed to revolve around traffic. Click all the crosswalks. Mm -hmm. Click all the parked cars. Mm -hmm. Click every picture that has a stoplight in it. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Um, that was right around the birth of autonomous driving vehicles. Did us just using the internet, did we train the machine learning algorithms used to help autonomous uh, driving vehicles. Sure sounds like we did. Doesn't it? It really does. Uh -huh. That's a super believable theory. I think I watched a Vox video where they were explaining how it's getting harder for us to figure out ways to prove that you are you because we've been teaching computers how to do the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Someone is collecting that data. Uh huh. That's the, that's the thing about anything that happens on the internet. That data goes somewhere and something or someone is collecting and storing it. Uh-huh. I mean, you've got the internet archives. It You can't make things just disappear once it's put there. 
Right. Yeah. And even if you're listening in from our, I think we have a 2% uh, or 1% European audience. <laughs> if you're in Europe and you know about GDPR and you know about right to forget, uh, even if you go through that process, there's still records of your internet activity that are out there somewhere. Uh, so you're totally right. The, the things that we have been doing uh, with computers have taught computers how humans operate. Sorry, I was trying to log into Anchor to figure out which country you were talking about. Get that 2%. I think it's in Germany. Let's see. I don't know why I hit that. Let me just use my phone. My phone is logged in. I logged out of the desktop version a while ago and mm-hmm. have not have not tried to get back in lately. Let's see. Our podcast. This is the segment where we talk about our podcast. Uh, we have Germany is 1%. Ireland is 1%. Philippines have 1%. Netherlands less than 1%. Everything else is less than 1%. Man, we got people from all over the world. We have someone from Jersey. Not New Jersey, but Jersey. In England. 92% are from the United States. 8% are international. So we're an international podcast. Yeah, we're worldwide. We are a (laughs) global global podcast. I also want to let you know that, let's see, the third, actually tied for second, the second most listened to podcast Tied with Bitcoin part one. Nate's story. I saw that yesterday after we did the podcast and I was disappointed. And I'm very happy that we're re-recording because I I campaigned hard and the only thing beating me is Stuxnet. Stuxnet, uh, Stuxnet can't stop. It's not. Everybody wants to listen to Stuxnet. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I don't know. I mean, it's an interesting story, but you don't know that from the title. No, you don't. So back to my T-1000 hand grenade ransomware. So before we move to the hand grenade ransomware. Oh, come on. Uh, man. I just want to get into it. When Well, here's just a real quick and easy tip when you're setting up a website and you're choosing your way to authenticate humans as humans. Mm-hmm. Um, step away from those old uh the old kinds of captchas where you had to enter in some uh n- numbers and letters and move to like a recaptcha something that will have you actually have to like check a box that will then go and run a javascript in your browser and it it does all of the authenticating that it we don't know that it's a human but we know that it is an interactive windows or, or it is an it is an interactive browser session this wasn't valuable was it I don't know what you mean by that. Recaptcha? So th- there are different ways you can do captchas. I mean, I don't have any captchas on my site specifically, so I don't know. That, that wouldn't help me. But I know recaptcha. Like, I've, I've gone through a recaptcha. Yeah. It runs a JavaScript on my site? What is... So here's here's my point. We have trained computers how to identify what the numbers and letters are that show up in a captcha challenge so if you're using that today you're not getting the real benefit you're not you're not actually making your site more secure what you're doing is you are giving people a bigger headache for using their site you're introducing gotcha. friction to humans not computers because computers have pretty well figured out uh, how to spot those characters yeah what you want is uh, there, there's a kind of caption. I think it's powered by recaptcha, but I could be mistaken on that. Um, where it's actually, it's a, it's a checkbox that you have to click, and when you go and you click it, it will then make your browser do something. 
it will just make sure that there is actually a browser session that's running. Gotcha. So it's not happening from like a PowerShell script or anything like that. Right. That makes more sense. Now I understand what you were saying. Mm -hmm. So it's just checking to make sure that there's a person using a browser because normally a computer doesn't a computer doesn't have to use a browser to browse the internet. Right, yeah. A human has to use a browser because that's our window into the internet. Mm -hmm. But the computer, it just understands the language of the internet already. That's right. The browsers are essentially just translators. So if a JavaScript runs and says, oh, someone's using a translator, mm -hmm. then they're like, oh, well, it's not a computer because the computer doesn't need this because they're not stupid flesh bags. Uh-huh, yeah. That's what they say to each other, by the way. Right. Uh-huh. They, well, they've learned to communicate like humans do. Yes. Mm -hmm. Stupid flesh bag. That's right. what we call I, That's what I called you when you got here. What's uh up, stupid <laughs> flesh bag? <laughs> um... T-1000 with Ransomware a grenade. grenade. Okay. How would we make one if... So say I know someone, right? Uh-huh. And they happen to have a bunch of robots they created. Right. And they have a company called NetSky as like a joke. Right. Just a joke. Just a joke. Mm -hmm. But what if that joke becomes real and then the AI rebrands itself as Skynet and then takes those robots they've built and puts them out? How would I build a theoretical ransomware grenade? I think I have your answer. I mean, and that's assuming that the T-1000s emit Bluetooth or Wi-Fi as well. Okay. I, I Listen, I think I have your real answer. Okay. So your T-1000 is running, it's, 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 it's performing a, some behavior analytics yeah. model. Yeah. Um, it's got to be running a process of some kind. It's, running, it's, it's got yeah. an OS, that's for sure. The, the the decisions that it is using the 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 model that it's using to make those decisions that exists somewhere. Uh huh. So your job isn't to deal with the robot. Your job is to deal with the the method that they are using to train their AI how to make decisions. Okay, so I have to go to the source. You got to go to the source. Now, theoretical question number two. Uh huh. I'm trapped in a room just me and this robot. Okay. No no ransomware grenade? Uh, so try to deviate from the model that it has, that it is expecting. So if I just run straight at it, that's deviating, right? Probably. It won't shoot me? Or, I mean, I look, this is, <laughs> look, this is theoretical, he says. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. I'm just really intrigued by this. Like, would we then have to figure out if they emit Bluetooth? or Wi-Fi frequencies in order to, can we then co-opt on there if they are? Because they've got to be communicating with each other somehow, and it's not like with humans, we communicate to each other through uh, sound waves. So our right. our internal computer is protected because no one can get to it without getting through the actual like physical things. Yeah, you could effectively jam a crowd's ability to communicate just by playing a loud noise. Yes, then then nothing can communicate. Mm -hmm. What is that thing that would stop computers from communicating to each other? Uh, I bet the answer is Amazon Sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> Amazon is the company. <laughs> They're the ones that are creating these robots. Jeff Bezos has been largely unnoticed. <laughs> He's creating NetSky. It's that stupid Amazon sidewalk thing. Yeah. I don't know. It's a bunch. It's just questions that haven't been asked in movies like that. And mm -hmm. for me, that makes it a little bit more interesting is what if we were to take those like Terminator yeah. or anyone where an A or iRobot. And instead of it being, oh, this is a person who's good with a gun and can right. shoot robot. What if it's like, oh, this is a person who's good with computer can recognize 
okay, this is how they're transmitting data to each other. How do we intercept that? How do we yeah. use what we know to get yeah. in? And and you don't have to go to the mainframe to be able to just stop the ones in front of you before you get to headquarters or anything like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think the reason it doesn't get asked in movies is because of how boring it would be because uh, so I've trained two different machine learning uh, algorithms. Um, one was IBM Watson and one was an open source thing called TensorFlow. Let's talk about TensorFlow because that's the one that if you if you really get curious about this, you could, I mean, there are so many tutorials on how to build your own machine learning analytics for being able to spot your face in a photo, for example. Yeah, yeah. Um, what you do is you, you create uh, a data set that just has a bunch of pictures of you and you tell you you run a quick script that just tells your TensorFlow, um, you know, well, I'll say environment, um, this is what, th these are all the true positive pictures that have my face in them. <laughs> and then you give it uh, a second set. These are all ones that don't have my face in it. Mm -hmm. And then you give it a third set, and this is where it has to go and apply that model. And if you give it enough pictures of your face from different angles and all that kind of stuff, then you can then introduce brand new pictures into your third data set that it, that it, it has never seen before and it can it can make decisions based on that. So, here's how you would do it in the movies. You would get access to that first data set. Uh, what are these terminators designed to do? Yeah. They're designed to find John Connor. So, the first data set is going to be pictures of John Connor. Mm. What if you change that to pictures of T1000s? And then it's trying to hunt down T1000. You then retrain the the AI to to hunt down the bad guys, which is kind of what uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's Terminator did. Is no longer was he trying to hunt down John Connor; he was trying to hunt down other Terminators. So he himself was able to change his own machine learning program to recognize Terminator threats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because no one else could recognize them, but he was able to because he could see things that no one else could. Yeah. So I mean that's kind of what he did, but they didn't explain it in the movie because they're not cybersecurity experts like we are, me and you, both of us. Yeah, both of us experts. on equal footing yeah. in cybersecurity. Yeah. I, so I also trained my own machine learning program. Uh -huh. Are you familiar with Chatbot? <laughs> yes, I am familiar with Chatbot. I taught Chatbot how to start off by saying curse words. Okay. So very good. Equal footing, I say yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was an there was a really interesting Chatbot. That um, the one that they killed immediately because it got crazy on Twitter. No, I'm not talking okay. about that one. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> the one that. Oh, but that's a great example. Yeah, it, immediately, immediately racist. Yeah. <laughs> so Nate's referring to um, th there was some company that they they introduced a chatbot uh, a chatbot onto a Twitter account, and Tay. Sorry, Tay was their name. Okay, Tay tweets. Yeah, and <laughs> it was gone. Twitter taught Microsoft's AI chatbot to be a racist a-hole in less than a day. <laughs> yeah. Um, people tampered with the data set and trained this thing to communicate <laughs> using bad data. Don't read any of the things that it said. Is that what you're doing right now? Yeah, I can't. I'm sorry. Someone tweeted, Tay went from humans are super cool to full Nazi in less than 24 hours. Mm -hmm. And it's like, now I'm concerned about the future of AI. <laughs> I just think I think Tay is the exact example that we use to train T1000s to to attack T1000s. So we use Twitter yes. to take down the Terminator. That's how That's the what Terminator communicates. <laughs> yeah, they use Twitter, Twitter accounts. 
That's funny. I don't know. I just I was I was thinking of what can we talk about on the podcast, and for some reason AI popped in my head. So I was like, I wonder what cybersecurity and AI. It hasn't intersected yet, um, other than in theoretical and scholarly ways. Oh, we, we use that like crazy as part of the blue team to to defend a network. Use AI. Well, machine learning. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, I think uh, what I'm referring to is like the futuristic. I see what you're saying. Is what I ended up coming across. Yeah. And not the current AI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so gotcha. like the the theoretical future of what AI could be uh-huh. intersecting with also the theoretical future of what cybersecurity could be. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. n- neither of those have an answer. Yeah. Yeah. So the the job of like an information security analyst um, ten years ago was, I mean, it was almost impossible. You would have to keep up with just uh, so many logs of um, uh, network activity, and it's your job as the you know the only information security person who worked for that business to um, to comb through all of these logs. Could be millions of logs that you're mm. combing through to find what we call anomalous behavior. Yeah. Just something that stands out. And then you have to ask yourself, why is this different? Once you start going down that road, you have to do a whole investigation on what um, what caused this computer to log in from an IP address that it has never logged in before, as an yeah. example. The whole time that you are spending reviewing this um, anomaly, there's still an endless stream of logs that are coming in. So you have to stop the monitoring, the augury of the the information security operation to perform uh, an investigation that might not even lead to an incident to respond to. So you could just be wasting your time. Uh, IBM Watson um, and, and a bunch of other machine learning analytics mm-hmm. uh, tools came together that what they would do is they would just raise the anomalies to the attention of the information security staff. Yeah. So now um, you don't have to just monitor streams of data. You monitor alerts. Yeah. Hey, uh, I don't know if it's okay for Nate to log in from, uh, from his house because he's never logged into his house before. He was always here, here in the office, from eight to five every single day he was so predictable but now he's logging in from outside the office still during his regular work hours watson doesn't know if this is a problem so it's going to escalate that to the attention of a of an information security guy so that means if you're just responding to the anomalies uh you can you can you can go about your day without Mm -hmm. getting underwater where i think things will be is great these are the anomalies this this new set of data is the anomalous behavior that happens on my network can i train a different machine learning algorithm for what to do when these anomalies happen and over time train it enough anomalies to where the information security person gets fully removed from the problem and all they're doing is they are managing different um different information security models on their network does that make does that yes is that coherent yes okay that's coherent i don't have to explain anything because you explained it great we did it yeah so uh that's what i've brought to the table for today that is my 
uh, I thought that was just really interesting. And I'll probably bring it up again when I find more stuff because everything I found was all scholarly articles. Yeah, yeah. Um, super interesting that you're currently using machine learning to help make things easier, which makes sense because, like, you don't want to comb through that much stuff. Yeah, so we talk a lot about um, managed de- detection and response and why that's so important. MDR. MDR gives you, uh, it, it, it builds in, um, sure, uh, any reputable MDR provider is going to build in a machine learning uh, model because otherwise you have to, uh, it, it's impossible to keep up with the amount of file events that happen on one computer. Okay, but my business has 10 computers. Yeah. So I, you you just can't throw that many humans at that problem. Yeah. So um, you can buy the tool that gives you EDR information but you can only use that if you already know there's a problem to investigate and by that time bad guys have already made away with whatever they're going to make away with if you have machine learning algorithms going on uh currently keeping up with the steady stream of edr data then your mdr partner can say oh this is super easy because all the hard work the the finding of the needles of the haystack has already been done yeah and if they're worth their grain uh, of salt um one grain if they were their only grain of salt they they're also also going to have um automated incident response plans to to stop bad guys once they're spotted mm-hmm. does that make sense yeah that makes sense and and to be honest all this made me think of was um i don't know what my favorite uh favorite one of these is it's it's either mdr it's either edr or it could even be fdr and i don't know which of the three i like more to be honest, but they're all kind of the same in my book. Okay, yeah. Um, I was sitting on that. The moment you said MDR, my brain went to FDR. Yeah, making it lit. So it is networking month, right? Are we still doing networking things? Yeah, we're still doing networking things. What's our networking thing? Is it? Is it? What is it? Um, <laughs> so I, I think that we continue in this theme of um, things that could theoretically be possible. Ooh. And we talk about some... Human flight. Like a guy sprouts wings? I don't know. But without the assistance of any exterior technology, human flight. Okay. No wingsuit, no jetpack, no airplane, just humans flying. Meditation. Just strong meditation. Look, I if it works, I don't know. <laughs> okay. You were talking about things that are theoretically possible. We're uh-huh. keeping in the vein. I'm adding human flight, but you're giving me the look like you have something more important to add. Well, I want, let's talk about network security. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, in June, we're talking about network security. <laughs> You're right, not human flight. And, um, Nate, we've got a really, uh, I, I think we have a really interesting podcast that's coming up um, where we're going to be talking about uh, NFTs. Yeah. Non-fungible tokens. Yeah, I wasn't invited, but thank you. Yeah, well, that's okay. Uh, it's a great podcast. Like I said, <laughs> it's going to be um, the second most listened to right behind Stu- Stuck.net in Ooh. No Time Flat. Well, right now, Bitcoin Part 1 and Nate's story are the second most listened They're tied? They're tied, 47. I'm going to go listen to Bitcoin. Damn. <laughs> um, and let's talk about a theoretical attack on the blockchain network. Okay. Uh, this is called the 51% attack. Um, the The blockchain is a, a, a as you know, is, a dis, is it is a distributed... We I mean, we did already explain blockchain in a previous episode. We talked about it in Bitcoin. Yeah. So we've already explained blockchain. If you've been listening this whole time, then you know. If you haven't, take your right hand, slap the top of your left hand, hit pause on this podcast after I finish the instructions, uh, yeah. 
once you hit pause, then go <laughs> over to the Bitcoin episode hit play, listen to that whole episode, come uh-huh. back here, hit play from where we are. You know what? Maybe listen to Bitcoin a couple more times. Nope. Just to make sure that it... And then hit pause, go over <laughs> to Nate's story. No, no, no. Find out more about what makes me tick. <laughs> listen to everything that my parents said was completely made up and totally a lie. Um, happy Father's Day, by the way. Oh, thanks for my dad. Um, as you'll remember from the Bitcoin podcast, the blockchain is a... It's a a public network it is it's a network that everybody who is participating in it helps to kind of um, verify the authenticity of everything that happens this is one of the things that makes bitcoin so so safe as a method of currency yeah um not not only can i see how much money you have in your wallet but i can also see the amount of money that you pay to somebody else's wallet yeah so i can follow that money very easily and Every other person who uses Bitcoin can follow that money very easily. Um, And this is great for a lot of reasons. But what if you could convince the Bitcoin network, if you could could somehow influence all of the machines, or at least 51% of the machines on the Bitcoin network, into believing that the money that I put in your wallet, you immediately put back in my wallet. Uh, Bitcoin... The, the Bitcoin network kind of operates as a democracy. Mm-hmm. If I try to just take my computer and fabricate a Bitcoin transaction, there's a million other computers in the world who say, oh, forget about that guy. He's trying to commit some fraud there. We all know that that transaction never existed. Yeah. So while I might not be able to fabricate the transaction, if I could somehow take over 51% of the machines that are working on Bitcoin, uh, on, on the Bitcoin network, um, then I could then, I could commit my fraudulent, I could submit my fraudulent transaction yeah. and then have 51% of the network approve and verify Same my transaction. It's, it's almost like going in to rob a bank and getting everyone in there to agree that this money was yours to begin with. Right, yes, uh-huh. Yeah. These are all my witnesses. Yep. They all say yes. Like you leave the bank and the police are outside like, where's the bank robber? And everyone's like, there's no bank robber here. Uh huh. This man was just doing a withdrawal of the money that's his in the bank. Yeah. And they're like, oh my God, mm-hmm. how did he do mind tricks? Wait, is, are, are we just describing a jury of their peers? Yes. So if you could somehow influence 51% of the jurors. Yeah. You could get off scot-free. Yes. If you stole enough money and could pay enough of the jury without anyone knowing, you're good to go, man. I got a new business model. What is it? I'm in. I don't know what it is. You got to explain it to me. People get hungry overnight, Mm -hmm. but there is not a night-only burger restaurant. And we call it Night Burger. K-N-I-G-H-T. Oh, it fits the Citadel theme. But... We never mention that there's a K there. It's, it's, it's a silent K. It already is. Uh-huh. Before you said that, it was already a silent K. Uh-huh. I'm just saying we don't make mention of anything medieval at all. In the bathroom, above one stall on the ceiling, we put chain mail. Okay, I'm so glad. And a sword. Yeah. That's it. The rest of it, stark white. 
just like a white void. Like a white knight. Every, even the surfaces we cook on, pure white. Food comes out white. Everything's white. Night burger. I'm just printing money over here. <laughs> <laughs> so theoretically, you could, if if you could, which right now you can't. And I say right now because the future, someone is going to figure something out. Everybody sure. piggybacks off of a new development to create a new development. When yeah. it comes to technology, when it comes to information, even when it comes to discovering dinosaurs, like in 2019 when they found the Morris mm-hmm. Intrepidus, which is a type of Tyrannosaurus Rex is the same size as the Velociraptors that you see in Jurassic Park, okay. but not the Velociraptors that you see in Jurassic Park because it's a Tyrannosaurus at that size, which means that at some point someone could possibly discover a way to spoof 51% of the network into saying, I did receive this money or I didn't receive this money and continually take money for free. It it would be so interesting to see that happen because even if you convince 51% of the network, 100% of the people are going to know that that's not the case. If if exactly 51% of computers are saying this transaction's real. Mm-hmm. And 49% is saying, well, no, 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 no. Right. That's going to stick out. This is going to raise some red flags. Yeah. What would you do? What would you do if the system is telling you that you have or don't have money but all of the people agree that you do or don't have that money. Well, right now, all our money is dictated by systems. Right, but but they're, but people don't know about it. If a bank comes to you today and they say, "Hey, you actually have zero dollars in your account," and look, we have all this, we we have all these logs that show there's zero dollars in your account. You can't fight it. There's there's nothing you can do. Yeah. But with Bitcoin, everybody knows I had this much money in my wallet. I mean, it would be the same thing, though, with the system. As you come to the system, you have the receipts of, here's everything we got based upon what the system says, and then you can convince people. And we're back to... It's a, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, the bank can come with all this information that they have fabricated. Mm-hmm. I can't fight a bank. Can you fight the blockchain network to get your money back? And that's this is all, like, a theoretical. Yeah. What I think I'm realizing through this conversation is that I don't know. Maybe this is too far, but is all of life just our ability to influence the things around us? Yes. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Hey. 